All right, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Charge Running Podcast. This is episode 29. My name is Donovan, and we have the amazing Coach Tess with us today. How are you doing, Tess? I am doing fantastic, Coach D. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy. I'm happy to have another host, another coach with us. And I'm happy to learn a little bit more about you. And I know a lot of us Chargers are excited to hear more about you and how you've been. You've been away for some time now. I have, for good reason, which we'll get into, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start off with that reason. What's, where have you been and how have you been? Well, um, have you ever seen those like funny memes? It's like explain what you're doing without saying what you're doing. So let me see if I can do this some kind of funny way. So. I've been at home caring for a, 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 I can't do it. I was going to say, a. <laughs> hold on, let me start over. I've been at home caring for a helpless, small blessing. I don't know. I had a baby Donovan. Sorry. I can't <laughs> figure it out. We should have rehearsed this, <laughs> but no, I welcomed, um, little Isla Rose Sobo Meehan Marshall to the family. Um, and it's actually, I timed everything up perfectly. I coached my last charge class on May 14th and Isla came on May 19th. So I timed that thing up perfectly. <laughs> that is very perfect. Sheesh. <laughs> so I cannot believe that two months and almost two weeks have flown by so fast. It's gone by so fast. I bet. And how, how is the little one doing? She is absolutely great. Um, I'm talking with you here for the next hour or so, and it's going to be a long hour because I miss her already. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. And I know, I know a lot of, um, a lot of people recently having babies or their babies that turn one year old and I'm looking at them and I'm like, all right, when are they going to step into athletics? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, we, we, we said as she was developing, you know, uh, in the womb, you know, whatever she wanted to do. We were going to be, you know, her biggest supporters, her biggest cheerleaders. And even uh, the other day we were watching the Olympic ceremonies together. And I was telling her, I was like, you can do any sport you want, any activity you want. If you want to be one of the news people, if you want to be, you know, one of the people who does the opening ceremony and dances, like whatever you want to be. So the world is yours. <laughs> they got options, all the options in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And with you coming back, um, I believe you're with Running Nerds. Am I right? Yeah. Well, Running Nerds is my company. So yeah. I, I am Running Nerds, basically. Um, yeah. It's, running Nerds was basically my kind of like love project for running. I, I started running when I was in my mid-30s and quickly realized that when you get into it, you get kind of nerdy about it. So it kind of came up with the 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 uh, nickname running nerds is actually a friend of mine used to refer to us as running nerds. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, I would love to like take that name and, and turn it into a Facebook group. So like all great things, running nerds started as a Facebook group. Right. Check and then from there it, it went from being a Facebook group to some events. We did some clinics and um, started showing up to races under the, the group name running nerds. And then started putting on race events. And as they say, the rest is history from there. We kind of, morphed into whatever whatever you know I felt passionate about doing under the running umbrella it's been done under the running nerds uh, banner 
That's amazing. And we're stepping into summer. We're definitely in summer. It's hot. I know where I'm at and I know it's hot over in Atlanta it is too. So hot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the what was the most recent event for Running Nerds? We actually just finished this past weekend our summer heat uh, virtual race series, uh, which was hosted on charge. And then also we hosted a local Atlanta area group run where we had about 50 runners come out and complete um, distances 5K through half marathon. Um, and then Coach Natalie and I set a precedent. We, uh, we were the first two coaches, two charge coaches in the same place hosting a run or coaching a run, um, the Summer Heat virtual uh, run on Sunday. What was it? This past Sunday. Uh, we had so much fun. We kind of tag team, but we were, we were on the mic together for a few minutes each time. Uh, it was so much fun. So uh, according to Coach Justin, that's the first time that's ever happened where two coaches are in the same place at the same time coaching the run. So we were hoping to get coach Betsy on there too, but I think she's been on vacation. So we're, we're going to, we're going to break our own record next time we get all three of us. We're all within like 10 miles of each other. And we're going to coach a, a, a run all together, three coaches in one spot. What do you think of that? Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, I know I'm going to be making my way to Georgia real soon. So maybe I can link up for that. Hey, that was, <laughs> the more the merrier, right? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. And the fact that charge running, like we're bringing in, people from across the country into a local event as well. Yes. Is something amazing. And you guys were giving out medals as well, right? Yeah. So um, the summer heat, it's actually a revamp event that I used to host back in the early 2000s before virtual races were kind of like the necessity. We just thought it was cool to give people an easy way to, to enter into racing events because you know, some people are, were kind of, this is kind of the premise of charge. Some people might be a little intimidated about showing up to a race. Um, but we figure, Hey, if you can do it wherever you are and then report your results, we'll send you your medal, your shirt and all that stuff. Um, then maybe that will kind of take, take down some of those barriers to entry. So when the, um, the pandemic came around and, and, you know, kind of uh, took away some of our live events, we said, you know what, let's bring back this virtual race experience. We knew how to do it. Um, but yeah, so we put together some pretty sweet bling, got some charge, uh, branded bling and, uh, had about, about a hundred runners and, and walkers participate in that, that event. So, uh, it was awesome. And, um, that wrapped up a series of, of kind of low key group runs that we've been doing running nerds that, that is that we've been doing, um, all summer. And, um, we are now getting ready for our first live in-person event next month. So August, we will kick off the, um, we call our race series, the Run Social Race Series. And we are so excited to put together our first in-person, like full-blown race event. Nice. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what have you feel like most recently has been the, the run culture in Atlanta and in Georgia going from virtual and everything has to be virtual to yeah. now you have the opportunities of meeting everyone in person? Well, I think I want to give a de definitely shout out to Atlanta Track Club because Atlanta Track Club has been doing a fantastic job of putting on these hybrid events. Um, so for those who are comfortable with going to in-person events, you know, they, they've put in a lot of protocols, safety protocols, social distancing, you know, mask um, wearing, highly suggested, um, you know, kind of cutting out some of the, the, the touch points where we typically would gather. Um, so those have been going on through Atlanta Track Club since, I want to say, early this year they've been doing. No, actually last year. They did a couple of, of events last year towards the end of the year. Um, 
And so it's been kind of an easier transition for runners um, and walkers that want to get out into in-person races here in Atlanta, but we still have a lot, definitely attendance hasn't been what it used to be, you know, um, but mm-hmm. we still have a lot of folks who are still kind of hesitant and, and waiting to see, you know, how things are going to play out, um, particularly with, you know, kind of the, the emergence of these variants and things like that. So um, I think Atlanta's in a good place. We haven't been completely denied, but we definitely are easing back into things with a lot of precaution. So nice. Well, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, I know a lot of runners, especially runners that are on charge, telling us like they're excited to be back in person when they still enjoy the virtual aspect. Yeah. And I know, so I'm originally from New York City and run culture in New York City is one of the most unique run cultures I've ever come across. But I'm starting to see an emergence even through COVID of a uh, run culture down in Atlanta, because Atlanta, it's culture. And yeah. now it's like leaking into the running world. So before everything happened with uh, COVID, like what was the run culture like down in Georgia? Oh, man. Well, you know, we deemed ourselves Running City USA. Um, oh, I kind of came up with that. And that um, actually that campaign was kind of uh, created as a buildup to us hosting the um, Olympic trials um, for the marathon in 2020. And that was literally February, right before the pandemic kind of took, took its form. And it really gave us a sense of pride. Um, and it also was a reflection of what's been built really over the last, I would say about 10 years. I started running about 10 years ago and I feel like I kind of came into the running community right when it was starting to really kind of branch into different neighborhoods, different, um, you know, ethnicities, paces, age i mean we we try to cross every um every line of 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 entry to get into running um if if you're a weekend warrior all the way up to the people who will travel for every race that there is to to run um you know we've got the peachtree road race here every year which brings people from all over the country and it's it's a coveted um tradition here in atlanta so with all of that i think our running our running community has lots of roots that kind of go further than just the 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 middle of the city you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and and our running events do a great job of bringing people from the outskirts to the the heart of the city as well so it does both you know we have a lot of races pretty much every weekend you can find a race and there's a run group that you can meet up with just about every day of the week so oh, wow. um you know, if you want to be a runner in Atlanta, you can find a, a place to, to start. That's what I think is awesome about. And you're going to find people that look like you. Um, you know, you might have to look a little harder for some, you know, for some groups. Um, but you can find, you know, something for, for everyone here in the city. That's amazing because I'm in Orange County right now. And that's something that I've struggled with is trying to find a group that I could blend in and that's not only triathlons. Mm-hmm. Uh, triathlons are big out here, and those are the only group. Yeah. And beer runners. I'm like, I'm not a beer runner. That's just not for me. <laughs> yeah. But that's no, awesome that um, that there's something for everyone. And also with running nerds, you you're a race director. You put on your own races as well, right? Yes. So tell yeah. me about that. Like, how did you come about being a race director? Yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, I started running my own personal running journey. Um, and when I was going out to all of these races, I just thought it was cool, um, you know, participating in the events. And I have a background in coaching. I was a, a basketball coach. And part of my position as a basketball coach is I used to host basketball camps. And I used to love for basketball camp, putting on basketball camps. The part about it I love was bringing people together 
for this for at that time one week experience and like you go from like not knowing anybody to like you having these best friends and pen pals and all that stuff when you leave so I looked at a race event as kind of like a one day camp where you know you have these runners coming from all over the place they experience this race experience together and then you know you leave with friends you leave with you know self-confidence because you completed the distance so I was like I want to put on one of these 5k's so my first 5k was called the running nerds 5k it was just a debut event I hosted it at a school that I a private school that I um, substitute taught and we had about 500 runners and walkers come out and participate in this just 5k just to celebrate the joy of running there was no like charity attached to it or you know, at that time, this is before beer runs became a big deal. <laughs> it was just come out, run, and get a shirt. And um, it was so much fun. A lot of stress planning it, a lot of time and energy without a lot of uh, reward. When, when, you know, people think 5Ks are like these big money makers. They are not. So I'm here to tell your, the audience here, if you're thinking about putting on a 5K to make a ton of money, <laughs> you know, I, I can send you a budget and you'll see real quick. <laughs> but what you do get from it is this sense of accomplishment and the, the people who appreciate, you know, you don't, can't tell you how many emails um, I've gotten over the years with, hey, you know, thank you so much for putting on this event. This was my first event or this was my comeback event or I got my PR or I love the atmosphere that you create. And one thing that is really unique about my race directing experience is, you know, I, I have a, tr a true appreciation. I get a a high, higher percentage of black runners that participate in my events. Cause I think I, I know that they, they want to support, you know, the efforts that we put out. Um, so I think that's kind of something that, that sparked, but you know, now most people who participate in my events, they don't even know who the race director is, you know, and that to me, that's the biggest compliment. Like I'm not drawing people just because it's me. I'm drawing people because they, the, the reputation of the events have, have spread. So, but yeah, Donovan, it's been 10 years been putting on events and, um, no, no signs of stopping anytime soon. That's, that's amazing. So what is your, what's your goal for being a race director? Um, that's a good question. You know what? No one's ever asked me that question that way. Hmm. My goal, um, I have, I love all of my events and I love, and I also, um, produce for other entities as well. So I'm the race director for our local girls on the run chapter. Um, I've helped out some of, some of our other nonprofits in the city, um, Atlanta Missions, one of my clients, um, the Furniture Bank. So those those are some of my clients. So I think I just want to continue to to put on relevant events that people, you know, want in the city. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about the race um, later on, but the race is our half marathon and 5K that it celebrates Black excellence. We run through some of the historically Black neighborhoods in Atlanta. And we have a huge charitable give back component um, to the race. And I think that race, that's my legacy race. That's the race that when this is all said and done, you know, I want people to say, you know, Tess Sobo Meehan Marshall started the race and th that's her legacy. So um, I guess that's my goal is to just leave a legacy on this community through running. That's amazing. And that's very, I think you're the only person I've ever met to, to really talk about legacy and running outside of what they're doing in racing and marathons and all that jazz. So the fact that you're, you're putting on a race uh, for black excellence in a time of now, which I feel is very needed and you're doing that, creating that legacy for the future generations of runners. And I feel 
running is starting to explode and being a little bit more accessible for absolutely everyone. And yes. you're creating that space for that, which is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and, common. you know, just to build on that legacy um, comment, it's not just a legacy for runners. It's a legacy for, for generations that we have a huge um, um, emphasis on um, cooperative economics, like I said, community service and community impact. So the race isn't just about the running. It's about, you know, supporting black owned businesses, minority owned businesses, women owned businesses. It's about, you know, again, showing different neighborhoods around the city that, hey, we can get out on our two feet and take care of ourselves. You don't need to a fancy gym membership. You don't need, you know, uh, equipment. All you need is your feet and get outside and move around. So that's really important for us to, to establish that part of the legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't even know that part. So that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that gets me excited. All right. I got to come out there for one of them races. Now. October 2nd. Let's go Donovan. Let's get you down here. I can't do it on October 2nd, but I might be in Georgia that week. So that's, that's, that's guess what? Point. We have a virtual race too. So sounds like you can do it wherever right. you are in the world. We'll no, I'm going to lock that in. I'm going to lock that in. If anything, my mom, <laughs> she lives down in Georgia. So I keep telling her about running nerds and she got to make it out there. Now it's on the virtual world. Everybody can call her out. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. So you started your running career late in the game. And you've mentioned that a couple of times. So you started about 10 years ago. What? And you came from basketball as well. So what? sparked your athletic career for going from getting into basketball, going from basketball into running, now running into supporting the community? Yeah. So, um, I did my first 5k, I think I was 32 years old. I'm 43 now. So yeah, about 11 years ago. And, you know, as a basketball athlete, and you can say this for just about any sport other than running, or I guess you could say for running too, because most runners who run in like the collegiate, they are running for comp competition us, you know, everyday run, we're just running just to keep it moving. Right. So, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go play pickup basketball for the rest of my life and get a good workout. And it was, things were already starting to slow down in my early thirties. So, you know, I just made the decision that I wanted to start running. I would see these people out running around and, you know, I'd never thought that I could do, you know, five K's, 10 K's half ran. If you would have told me I would be a marathoner 12 years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Like, I distinctly remember um, right before I moved to Georgia, uh, a friend of mine was training for a half marathon. And so I knew what a half marathon was, but I remember making all the jokes that your friends make. Uh, nobody's gonna, I'm not running unless anybody's chasing me. I'll be at the finish line with the beer. I'll come, all the jokes that we hear. I was the one making those jokes. I probably had a few of my own. And so to flip it and, you know, a few years later, here I am, the one that's talking about, you know, having to go to bed early, training programs, you know, uh, all this stuff, you know, it, it was just ironic. So, um, you know, it was really just a way for me, for my adult self to stay active and stay in shape. And then I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with more than just the running part of it. I fell in love with the community, the, the, um, obviously, you know, making a career out of it. Um, and I just feel so fortunate. I almost feel guilty sometimes saying that this is what I do for a living because it's too much fun, you know? That's probably, yeah. Following, and everyone's been talking about that recently, especially with the Olympics coming on, is following your passion, following what makes you happy, following what's fun is what gets you to the next level. And you're doing it and you're living evidence of it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. So 
how, so what's your currently, what's, what's running like for you now being a mom, because in the Olympics, I know a handful of runners that are very recent moms, Alice and Felix to name the most highlighted decorated runner in the Olympics. And I forget her name, but there was one Olympian that did this. Alephine Tuliamuk. Yes. I knew you were going to know. <laughs> my girl. I love Alephine. She's like my, my hero. Even, yeah. before, even before she, she had her baby, but even more so now. But yes, go ahead. Yeah. So tell, tell me, like, what's your, what was your running like while pregnant? And where has it gone now that you're, you're a full-blown, she's out in the real world? Yeah. Well, um, keep in mind, I don't know when this is going to broadcast, but I'm only two months postpartum. So my running is not, it's non-existent right now. I'm still, you know, giving myself a lot of grace to get back to where I want to be. However, I have signed up for my first half marathon. I have a half marathon in November. So training is going to be, uh, I call it the birth to half marathon training. I like so it. For, I'm, I'm before the couch and I'm going past the 5k. So it's birth to half marathon. And that's just going to be a completion goal. It's not going to be like trying to get back to my old half marathon pace. I really just want to be able to stay on foot, move forward for 13.1 miles. But before, uh, you know, I made the decision not because I had to, or, you know, there was any, any concerns medically to, to basically become a walker during my pregnancy. I just wanted to um, really enjoy um, my movement um, during that time. So I stayed, I went to my run club every week all the way up until I think the last two weeks, you know, I got out at least two or three times a week. I wish I would have done a little bit more like uh, prenatal yoga and workouts and stuff like that. But I struggled with that even before I was pregnant. So I'm not going to blame the pregnancy on that. But um, I actually ran 26.2 miles when I was 10 weeks pregnant because I was supposed to do a marathon that weekend. So this is October. So I had already had a plan. And, you know, my doctor was like, as long as you've been running, you're fine. So I went ahead and did that. But shortly after that, I pretty much ramped it all the way back down to walking. But I, I know several women um, who keep up that, you know, running um, regimen, and that's absolutely okay to do. Obviously, you want to talk with your doctor and, and make sure everything's good to go. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to do what, what you're most comfortable with. And I'm super excited I'm going to get back to, to running. Um, I like I'm literally seeing like runners like all out in the hot sweat, the you know, struggling out there and I'm like oh I can't wait to struggle again so, <laughs> and, and I'm big... also here to say that the myth of comparing birth to a marathon I, I don't think we should be comparing birth to a marathon <laughs> it's a metaphor it's not a comparison <laughs> oh, I like it I like to do go into that tell me more about that <laughs> you know a lot of people will say well if you can run a marathon you can give birth I don't know if we're going <laughs> to it's not apples and apples and oranges, you know. <laughs> it's different. Like I said, you can use it as a metaphor. Like me and my, my really good friend, who's also a runner, we were due right around the same time. And so we, we referred to the third trimester as like the mile 25, you know, when like that last mile when you're just like hanging on for dear life, struggling, ready to be done. Da, da, da. So that, that's how we said like that last couple of months of pregnancy is, but definitely a metaphor and not a comparison. <laughs> All right, everybody, especially fellas, can't compare the two. <laughs> don't, men, don't say to your 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 wife or your partner, you know, if, if you can run a marathon, you can give birth, no problem. Don't say that. Don't work. It just don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
And what are what are your thoughts on all these um these women coming into the Olympics right now postpartum and doing it for the moms? Yeah, I love I absolutely love it. I'm gonna be glued to my TV for the women's marathon. I'm I'm a huge Alephine fan. Um honored to call her, you know, a, an associate, a friend. I don't know if she would call me a friend, but you know, we we talk. Um but yeah, you know, seeing her here. So again, we hosted the Olympic trials where she won to qualify for the Olympics. And I got a chance to meet her. We had a meet and greet here in Atlanta for all of the black athletes that were participating in the marathon trials, which side note, there were maybe like 20 total out of all the athletes. So we invited them, um, the race committee, that is, we invited them to a meet and greet when they came to Atlanta and Alephine was the first person to, to come, um, and she told us at that meet and greet that she came to win. So when, obviously when she won that Olympic trials, we were so excited. We felt like, you know, we were cheering on one of our running buddies and, you know, we've kept in good touch with her over the um, last year and a half, obviously, you know, through the, the, the year of her, her marathon being canceled and then finding out she um, was pregnant. You know, it's just been great watching her journey. So I can't wait to, to sit with my daughter and watch her you know, make history, not only as the first black woman to represent the USA in the Olympics, although we have two, but she's first just because she was the first one across the line. Mm. Um, and actually, on that note, Sally Kipiego actually um, has a wonderful return from um, birth story too. her daughter's a toddler now, but she also had a, a, a comeback from from giving birth before she kind of kind of got back to where she is now. So you know, shout out to women. If you haven't told your mother that she's amazing lately, please do so. Like women are just amazing creatures. Yeah. It's powerful because <laughs> uh, coming from a male perspective, uh, I'm, I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of research on how, how women have been treated in the running community in terms of pregnancy and sponsorships and all that jazz. And it's so much I didn't know. For instance, uh, how quickly big sponsorships will drop they're athletes for yeah. like, oh, you're pregnant. Uh, we can't sponsor you right now. Yeah. Like, that's their career. So it's, it's le like learning that it's been one empowering. Like, I'm like, all right, we got to make some changes. And now these athletes are coming into the Olympics, bringing their voice and their message to a big, the biggest stage for athletics. Absolutely. It's just been a powerful and amazing thing. Or even just the fact that women have to make a choice between career and being a mother, you know, I mean, obviously there's just, there's just no way around it. And, you know, again, me being a, um, I'm 10 weeks postpartum right now. And I can't imagine, you know, I work from home. I have my own business. I work from home, but like, I can't even wrap my mind around having to go back to a job. And you think about women who have to go back to a job, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I talked to my friends who are you know, in corporate America or, you know, again, beholden to a, a position and at best in the U.S., we get 12 weeks of maternity leave. That's mm -hmm. the, the probably one of the best you'll hear. Maybe you'll hear 16 every once in a while, but 12 is like, oh, wow, you get 12. Most women are getting six to eight. Donovan, this could be a whole nother podcast. I'm not going to dwell on the point, <laughs> but, you know, you think about these athletes that they do have, you know, a little bit more flexible schedule, but it's their bodies, their, their actual physical being that, they have to make a decision, you know, which one is going to take priority. So, yeah. Um, thank you for, you know, doing that research and, you know, continue to spread the word on what we can do to make it better for, for all of us, you know? 
Yeah. And that's, as one thing running, running is a lot more than running. And you mentioned it earlier, like we're not running to compete anymore. Like we're running for so many different reasons and there's so many different groups out there. And even like what we do at charge, like we partner with so many different charities to, to raise money and we're bringing that to the virtual world. And there's a lot of opportunities and running is not just uh, for fitness. It's, it's a life changing movement. Like we've really been here running uh, as a humans for all existence <laughs> and it can bring a lot of opportunity and Tess, I definitely acknowledge you for bringing those opportunities to the community of Atlanta and Georgia and bringing the conversations up. We need more people like you. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's been so great um, joining the Charge family and getting to know more runners from all over. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of coaching, uh, Donovan, I'm sure you can definitely relate to this because I see you do it, is, you know, having like little conversations in our chat about just random topics. Um and everyone kind of chiming in on what's going on in their part of the world on that particular topic. And I mean, I've learned so many cool things from our charge family um, on, you know, I'm trying to think of one that was really cool. Like we talked about um, um, traffic. Oh, that was one of my favorites. We were talking about traffic and it dawned on me that not everybody has to deal with traffic. Like we have a lot of people that live in smaller towns, rural, rural areas, or um, just not Atlanta, you know, <laughs> and they don't have to deal with like running and traffic and lights and stuff like that. And like, it was just so eye opening to think like how many different experiences we have um, in our world. And, you know, so it's cool. Um, I'm so happy to be a part of the charge family. You know, I was a member of charge for almost a year before I became a coach. So I got to see both. I've gotten to see both sides. And I've also been a client as a race director, putting on events in the app. So, um, Super excited to get back to work in August and uh, get my, my charge folks motivated again. Yes. And I know coming because us coaches, we take classes too. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to forget the class where I joined in with you. And you were like, I am going to make history today. And what I'm going to do is throw Elvis into the playlist. And I was like, Elvis. That's right. And, I, and I'm running. I'm like, I never listened to Elvis before. And I have a pretty funky playlist. And you played the Elvis and I'm running. I'm vibing. I'm like, yo, this is it right here. <laughs> and likewise, you're the first one I heard put some Anita Baker on a playlist, man. Now that was, that was pretty. I don't think the people were ready for the Anita Baker, man. <laughs> I throw in what I can. I throw in what I can. I'm all about the music and my runs. <laughs> It's all about the fun. It's all about the fun. And yeah, it's having the, the virtual worlds. Uh, we've had some runners uh, recently in Germany, or at least in my classes, I had German athletes. We definitely get the Australians and the New Zealanders coming out and uh, Japan most recently, like, a little bit of everything learning about the cultures. Even uh, my favorite thing on a Sunday run is everyone's doing their early runs across the world mm -hmm. and dropping the photos. Yes dropping the photos. I'm like, ah, that's awesome. So what's, um, before we wrap up today, like what has been one of your favorable things about joining this virtual community, this virtual world of runners? Well, like I said, just getting to know runners and walkers all over the globe. Um, you know, I love, uh, like the music. I love coming up with my playlist and I got to revamp my, my music Don. I've been out of game for two months. So you have to send me some music. <laughs> I'm going to be playing old stuff. Everyone's like, Tess, that stuff's old. Um, but no, I, I just love, you know, the interaction with people, um, getting to know people and, 
And, you know, even if it's just once a day, motivating someone in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise been motivated, you know, because I know sometimes the hardest thing is just clicking join on the app. Once you get in there, you're good. And I, you know, I said this to my, my in-person event this weekend, you know, you never regret a run once you do it. It's just the hardest part is getting into the run, whether that be virtual or showing up to a run group in person. Once you get there, then we'll take care of the rest. So I love being a part of that. Yes. And we are, I know, speaking for myself and your music and the rest of the Charge family, we are honored to have you back and to have you as one of our coaches, definitely bring in some good, fun, vibe, culture into the virtual space. And that's exactly, exactly what we're looking for every single day here on Charge. So thank you, Tess, for joining me along this conversation, talking about all the things. And do you have any final words for us Chargers? Well, everyone else? I got two plugs. Okay. So the first plug is I have one run on demand. I got one in. It's my last run I coached. I coached the Stevie Wonder theme run. So for those of you who have been missing Coach Tess, come on, go on and join my on-demand Stevie Wonder run. I haven't checked the stats lately to see uh, how many people have gone. We had so much fun. It was actually the day after Stevie Wonder's birthday. So it was like a birthday run slash my last run before maternity leave. It was really fun. So I made sure I recorded it well, and it's on-demand. So that's one plug. And the second plug is I hope everyone will, will join us for the race uh, we will host some form of it on charge as well. And that will be free to charge members. Um, but if you want to participate as a, um, uh, as officially in the race event, um, there'll be opportunity for you to sign up as well. So I hope, you know, we can, you know, get the virtual side as well as the in-person event, just hype this year. Charge really made our event last year. Um, we had 1500 runners and walkers all over the globe participate in our, our virtual, the race last year. And, you know, everyone was just amazed at how awesome the charge app, um, made the experience. So can't wait to, to do that. It's going to be October 2nd this year. And, um, can't wait to build that out and get it together. There we go. Y'all know where to find Tess before she's back in the schedule. She's yeah. on demand. We have the race coming up October 2nd and yeah, charge. We're, we're ready for you. We're ready for you. So thank you once again, and everyone listening in, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for putting on your notifications. And if you haven't, why not? You know, we're here on all your devices. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, and anywhere your favorite podcasts are. And my name is Coach Donovan. We've been with Tess. And don't forget, charge on. Charge on. Charge on.